1: Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
2: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
2: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
2: The Around the NFL Podcast. The worst podcast by DVOA of all time,
3: or your money back. Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL. My name's Dan Hansis, joined in a virtual room filled with some heroes: Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Mm-hmm. Took a little ATN long weekend, boys. You know, took Monday show off with some logistical issues. We had to tackle, and we figured it was a good time to. Uh, Push things back 24 hours also gives uh, Mark another day to process what's been a wild uh, few days on the NFL grid. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we talk about the huge numbers, boys, that the ATN broadcast does, and that will be back on Friday. Uh, But legitimately, our podcast uh, downloads for the Deshaun Watson episode on Friday were massive, according to Ricky Hollywood. And uh, I think a part of that goes back to directly you, Mr. Sessler, and people wanting to know how Mark feels, uh, right now. So I'm just curious because you're as passionate as a fan as I've ever known, uh, how you're feeling now that 72 or so hours have passed since the biggest trade in NFL history since the Herschel Walker deal. Read into that however you want.
4: Um, I would just, I would say waves of, um, immense apathy, uh, towards. that team Is that and, that and how apathy done. works it's i don't know if that's <laughs> typically it. just, not it's just, just sort of a disconnect i'm drowning
5: in the waves of apathy i, I can't stop not of,
4: caring uh, i'm at the stage where i'm getting a lot of um uh hateful tweets uh, uh, from, from browns fans from yeah. certain browns fans and I, I you know what great um i nothing really has changed to be honest i just feel, again i feel kind of apathy i'm not really being tugged in one direction or another and nor does it revolve around me so Right, uh, That's I know stand. it's not
5: about us, but I do feel for you, Mark. Um, I You don't want to be the center of uh, the attention of uh, this podcast for this reason. And I can just imagine after coming out of the weekend, there had to have been a thought of like, oh, wait, we got to uh, just like talk about this every show for the rest <laughs> of my life three times a week. It's, it's not like it's, it's not like I oh, will put that to the side and uh, that we, we covered that last week. It's over well it's going to be hanging out there for
4: years so
3: and and I was I I was honestly thinking about it uh because I I care for you Mark and consider you a really good friend like that it such a seismic situation that has these repercussions and then I was thinking about it a little deeper and I know your Browns fandom obviously goes back uh to the 80s and like when you think about everything connected to Watson and what he represents and what it means for the future of the Browns um good and bad and what it means to be a fan of the Browns now like the only other thing that I could even connect to like what's something similarly similarly massive uh, that would just change the way you look at things it's when the Browns you know lost their when Cleveland lost the Browns and that was another like major shot to the stomach for totally different reasons obviously and and now you, you're living through both these things uh, with a, a break of however long it's been 25 years or so so Mark, my my thoughts are with you. You know
4: that. Thank you. I think that's a great point, because I think that that um, moment in time forced Browns fans to decide what to do, what direction they were going to go in. Like there was a concept. Do you become a Ravens fan? Do you do you wait and see if they get another team? And then when they do uh, hang on for the one of the worst rides of your life. But like there was there seemed to be nothing but civic, total, unified support for the idea of another Browns team back then, <clears throat> this one's different because I think it's, it's, it causes a major, a major chasm in the fan base. And like, uh, there is high emotion on
5: both sides. Well, the idea hey. of dropping it on the Friday kind of work. Cause by Monday, once these, the NFL shows started, it's like a lot has happened since, you know what I mean? Like by the time they even got to the Monday night total access or, you know, it's like, that's, it's not even a story anymore, Deshaun Watson. It's like it's in the C block because so much has happened this offseason and this week. That's why they call it the
3: Friday news dump. All right, so we have so much news to get to since we last left you on Friday. Uh, so much more has gone down, as expected. the The Watson move so huge. Uh, In terms of the entire NFL, that it had a domino effect and multiple quarterbacks on the move in the wake of that decision of the Browns to trade for the problematic former Texans star. I want to share something before we get to all the news. And this is via um, Tom Pellicero, who was on Good Morning Football this morning. I saw the clip and I liked it. And now I'm going to steal it. Um, And I could have stole it without crediting anybody, which happens to us all the time. Uh, but I chose to. <laughs> so I just want to make that clear.
4: Well, you're a real right. journalist. Uh, you have you. A high integrity.
3: Uh, in the past three weeks, these are just the trades that have gone down in the NFL. All right. Here we go. March 8th. Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Mm. Carson Wentz to the Commanders. Oh, yeah. Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Oh, yeah. Amari Cooper to the Browns. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yannick Ngakwe to the Colts. Oh yeah. DeVonte Adams to the Raiders. Mm. Deshaun Watson to the Browns. I'm I'm legitimately angry. Matt Ryan to the Colts. Oh yeah. NFL research says that traded players combined for 33 Pro Bowl selections. Somehow it says the most since 1994. Someone actually researched that?
4: I'm highly annoyed by all of this because I have been assigned a piece that is due tomorrow um grading every trade and you may think oh. you know maybe you got two or three of these to unpack and then you're out you're good but there's like 85 things that happen it's like i you just just start whipping me in the face i mean uh
5: <laughs> some might call it a trade tsunami you know oh, trade, yeah. tsunami, trade tsunami four back for more
3: mark can we get a little uh a little sneak preview i mean you are divorced from the browns right now um uh, what would be the browns grade for that trade
4: well, I've not even thought about the article yet. But um I would I would say that from a football angle you'd have to they went for it. In general you like the but idea. You, but you get to grade it however
5: it. you want. I can grade reasons. it
4: however I want, and I might be very stern in my in my grading.
3: And also there's more to come because you got Baker Mayfield twisting in the wind now, and he is twisting. Uh because all these moves are happening. And now, I mean, is it Seattle or bust for Baker? I don't know. Like, where else does he, I get Carolina, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Jimmy G is still out there. Uh, is Kyler Murray on the market potentially? We don't know right now. Christian McCaffrey, remember that was floated around combine time. Is that something that could still be in play? So things are a lot different now with this trade tsunami than things used to be. Even when we started this podcast, it wasn't like this. I mean, it, teams are just much more bold. Um, much more more uh, bold than they used to be there's no way around it I swear greg because he's so good at just drilling d- into the heart of the things had one more one more nug and then I was going to spin to the news
5: i i would probably just point us back to um uh, our time in indianapolis when the best and the brightest reporters in the business and all the gms and coaches were all in the same city and the thing that was said m- by most people more than anything all week was well it looks like there's not going to be many trades and not many quarterback not much quarterback movement that was um that was just like a lot of hot air looks don't like subtweet mark Sessler. he's right I, here I, mean, I was absolutely saying that so maybe i was no, thinking, i'm not I, I was, if I, anything i wish said that, that, I said but, that. everyone yeah. said that that was everyone was saying that all week there so nobody knows anything
3: all right let us get to all the news whenever we need a brilliant insight he's available at the drop of a hat Let's give a a much deserved shout out to John Clayton, longtime NFL reporter, radio host, died at 67 uh, on Friday after a brief illness. Uh, The professor he was known as if you and if you follow the NFL and, you know, have an active Twitter feed. You saw just the waves of appreciation for Clayton, who was a, a dogged reporter and an all around good guy from really everyone. And I, I, I don't, I didn't know the man personally, so I can't speak to that, but I will say that as a football mad, uh, kid who kind of came of age as a sports fan and was a teenager throughout the nineties, like he was like the NFL reporter. And they put him on every show on ESPN and my my whole like television schedule revolved around Sports Center and NFL Live and whatever programming Sunday countdown and the uh, Chris Berman Sunday recap show primetime like and Clayton was so prominent. So it's uh, sad to see uh, John Clayton pass away at the age of 67
5: yeah great reporter i I did his radio show a bunch like a i always just remember him with his wife who who had ms and how much he loved her and would, would talk about her and always was like really nice to young reporters and helping them out
4: well i think whenever there's someone like that where half the stories and anecdotes are things that happened in the shadows where he went and helped someone or gave someone advice or went out of their way out of his way to like do something generous for them, and no one else knew about it. Like, that's kind of who John Clayton appears to have been to so many different people. I mean, met him twice, and I thought he was just, like, the nicest guy, and, like, uh, you know, it wasn't fake. It was real.
3: Rest in peace, John Clayton. All right, let's get into the news. We'll start with this. Matt Ryan on the move, and the Falcons, of course, were a quote-unquote finalist for Deshaun Watson, and they were thirsty as hell uh, to get Watson and one thing that I think got a little bit overshadowed was how, what's the word? I mean, how blatant the Falcons were hunting for Watson when you had this guy in your building who's been nothing but a consummate pro for 15 years and owns every passing record and won an MVP and nearly took you to a Super Bowl championship. Uh, and you're basically disrespecting him, uh, to put it boldly here, um, by chasing after Watson. So the writing was on the wall, and very quickly after Watson goes to the Browns, the Colts acquire Matt Ryan for the Falcons in exchange for a 2022 third-round pick uh, next month. So here we are, Greg. Ryan is on the move. This is something I was kind of pounding the table for for a couple months because it just never made sense to me, given where the Falcons were, given the Um, the need for quarterbacks for so many teams that are looking to take the next step that Ryan wouldn't be in the mix because his cap charge was hard. And it goes to show you once again, these teams have a way to make things work, even if it means the Falcons eating a ton of dead space right now.
5: Yeah. I mean, they made it work by having $40 million on their cap to not have Matt Ryan. Like, I don't think this was the plan. I really don't. I think the plan was to go get the Sean Watson ownership Push for that. I don't think when they agreed to this restructure a few weeks ago, necessarily, they expected this was how it was going to go down. And then Arthur Blank, who has made some emotional decisions as as owner, in- including maybe the way they've restructured this contract year after year, pushing this pain into the future did right by Ryan by finding a place for him instead of maybe keeping him in Atlanta when that's not what he wanted anymore. And I I respect that and I like that as someone who likes to watch Matt Ryan play football, but they they only got here by mismanagement and and incompetence and they're downgrading at quarterback and their roster – looks terrible. And, and it's like you said on Friday, maybe the only thing worse than getting Watson is is missing out on him because the way this ended is just, it, we use the word Friday, shameless. Like it was a shameless day for the Falcons and they didn't get anything out of it other than, you know, some hastily put together social media clips of like Matt Ryan's time in Atlanta.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think if you're the, if you're a Falcons fan, the fallout leaves you staring at a team that looks completely disorganized. Uh, they they almost easily have the worst roster in the league. And if anything, if you're Matt Ryan, I like it for him because, you know, we spent all last offseason talking about how what a great landing spot it was for Carson Wentz. And, and the only question was how Carson Wentz would handle the job. And for Matt Ryan, you're in a place where you're getting get better protection than you did last year. He had no weapons around him. Cordero Patterson was their leading rusher. You've now got Jonathan Taylor. They can use more help at wide receiver, but they've got money to spend. I think the Colts came out of this looking great, considering the fact that, you know, quarterbacks were running off the market. We were running out of options for the Colts and they pulled this off like it is a win for a team that even still has, you know, this is a patch for a couple of years. They 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 refuse, basically, to find, like, the quarterback of the future. But this, of all the scenarios that could have gone down, I like this for Indianapolis and Chris Ballard. Well, the
3: the already iconic Flashpoint series started with Carson Wentz, and we had Zach Kiefer of The Athletic on the show. And he did, did a great job pointing out that once they decided Wentz was a mistake and they had to get out of this, and they did, of course, sending Wentz to Washington – um, They really didn't have a clear path to get better at the position. And and, and yet, and that was a few weeks ago when it felt like a pipe, dr- pipe dream or something not realistic that Matt Ryan was going to be on the market. The fact that they do end up with Matt Ryan, and I know he's not the same guy anymore, but I absolutely love the move for the Colts because I think, and Greg, you might disagree, but I think Ryan, if you put him in a better situation, you give him blocking, which is so key, uh, and give, he needs some more weapons, perhaps, um, to make this work, but he has Jonathan Taylor. I think he can give, be a better version of what Philip Rivers was two years ago. Now, is that enough to get the Colts over the hump in the loaded AFC? Probably not, but I at least give them a puncher's chance for some things to coalesce here. Whereas any other scenario outside of Deshaun Watson joining the team, it felt like they were just going to be stuck
5: in purgatory for a year at least. I, I totally agree. I, I think when he played well last year, he played really well. We we saw that, that game against the Jets where actually they had a lot of pass rush uh, on him, and he moves so well in the pocket. He's so accurate. He's not afraid to put the ball in tight quarters. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks. I think the comparison to Rivers is apt. He's a few years younger than Rivers was when he got to Indianapolis and I think he probably makes better decisions I don't think the roster is quite as good but as Mark mentioned they have cap space still they have Michael Pittman and they need help uh beyond that at wide receiver they don't have a left tackle right now I, I think they're a little short at cornerback but Ballard has shown he's resourceful he's still got room to spend that's the part of this deal that I that I love for the Colts is he's only due Matt Ryan 53 million over the next two years that's like a bargain at, at quarterback rates. That's what they're paying him. So, that's 27 a year, a little under that. That's that's less than Carson Wentz. You know, you gave up less to get him. You only gave up one third-round pick. So that, that's one of the lowest veteran quarterback salaries actually in the league. The, the Falcons are eating all that dead cap and that restructure and roster bonus. So, that part of it uh, worked out really well. I do think his arm strength is diminished. He was never fleet of foot, and he's definitely – Lost some uh, athleticism, but I think he, in theory, could be a little like Tom Brady, where he can still move well enough in the pocket to to get it done. And, and Frank Reich, I think is going to love this guy. And Paging I'm more, Alex I'm excited. Guerrero. Right, I'm excited to to watch the Colts in a way that I wouldn't have been if they just got like whatever Mitchell Trubisky or something that wasn't going to be a possibility to go further in the playoffs. Well,
4: I mean, they had cha- they you know they were prepared to send a plane to. Pick up Jameis Winston for a visit. I like this better Ooh. than Jameis Winston. <laughs> I, I also like if you're Matt Ryan. I it's mean, not a
5: huge difference. I don't think. Uh,
4: awesome. I mean, I think Matt Ryan is a big difference over Jameis Winston. I do personally, but like you're in the <laughs> AFC South, where you've got you know you. I don't trust the Colts as a Super Bowl contender, but I trust them as a 10 win team that could win that division because it's a very manageable division. So it's not it's it's a good situation for Matt Ryan.
3: Also, not only is Matt Ryan far more decorated than Winston, older obviously. Winston, if we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson, is not squeaky clean either. So teams are taking on his past with any decision to bring him into your building. And speaking of options that uh, the Colts could have ended up uh, roads, they could have gone down. Yeah, they could have ended up with Marcus Mariota and said it's the Falcons um, who signed Mariota, who most recently was backing up Derek Carr. With the Raiders, Tom Pelissero reported that the contract is effectively a one-year, six point seven five million dollar deal, twelve million option for twenty twenty-three. This is what the Falcons' um, mark should be doing here, right? Because you have uh, a team clearly rebuilding. The cap jail they're in because of the Ryan deal obviously hamstrings them, and they're not going to contend anyway. So get a bridge quarterback by like Mariota. See if. Arthur Smith can work his magic and if it doesn't work out you say bye and you focus on the draft and find a young passer.
4: Right, cuz the team is totally lost. And I mean, yeah, Arthur Smith knows Mariota and there's a, you know, there's a relationship there that I think that's a big reason why this happened. It's notable to me that Atlanta um and other teams uh ha- the Colts too have zero interest in trading for Baker Mayfield I think the contract is part of that but the player and the person seem to be uh seen as a much lower option than we would have thought of maybe a couple weeks ago Mariota look he came in and did some nice things for the Raiders in in patchwork do I believe in him as a, as a starter no no I do not
5: not not in this situation where like we said they're going to try to rebuild that offensive line. But it was unplayable last year for Ryan. And I got some people in my mentions. Well, why do you have him so low in the QB index if you're say- saying he's good? Like His high moments were high, and it faded hard. The second half, especially the last six or seven games in Atlanta, were, were tough to watch, and he couldn't overcome – a, a brutal situation. It's hard to imagine Marcus Mariota doing that. And Arthur Smith, I think, coached his ass off by getting them to seven wins. This was one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. Their number one receiver at the moment, I would say, is Olamide Zacchaeus, right? Is that, you know, right. Christian That's Blake good. is maybe number two. I mean, I guess Kyle Pitts is, but you have big time holes throughout the roster on defense, too. And I like that Mariota gets to play football again. And, yeah. and Arthur Smith is the right guy to to have by his side because he had his best moments uh, with Smith on that title. Remember that top. Week
3: 15 game in 2020 against the Dolphins when Ray, he went in for Derek Carr? And I think they blew the game at the end. or maybe, I can't remember who blew the game. Somebody blew, blew the game it. in a savage way. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Fitzpatrick completed that miracle pass with the face mask thing. Yeah, anyway. But... Uh, Mariota, I remember uh, Mark. We did the Thursday Night Football, I think, recap of that, and he played his ass off in that game. And I think some teams probably look at that tape and be like, "I wonder if kick the tires on this guy. Maybe there's some some magic in the number two overall pick from years ago." Now,
4: I, I would just look at all the other tape too. I, 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 I get that you know that seems to be certain quarterbacks that slip into situations like that that up the fascination level, and there's always going to be coaches that look at Mariota and his skill set and say. I can do more than the other team did. I mean, Arthur Smith is basically saying I'll do more than I did before with him, but I just don't trust him <laughs> as a starter on any level.
5: I but look at the contract. Like you, you said, no, it. The contract's when, fine. when Falcons fans are wondering about Baker, for instance, who's definitely the best available guy right now, Baker's going to cost a lot more. Mariota got, got Teddy's contract, you know, and they got a second year option because Mariota had no leverage. Where if Mariota actually worked out, they can keep him for incredibly cheap next year so he got Teddy's contract he got Tyrod's contract he got Mitchell Trubisky's contract so that that was like one level this year Winston got like double that and Carson Wentz got double of that which is crazy because to me it's like all those guys are relatively in the how, same area They're Mark how cute is anyway. it
3: that uh Greg calls Bridgewater Teddy
5: first name basis I mean who, very who wouldn't call him Teddy <laughs> what a great name you know
3: there's no other Teddies uh, James Winston's come up a couple times on the show. So let's hit on him because he's in the news. Once Watson uh spurns the Saints, New Orleans is back in the same quagmire. It's like, bring back Jameis. Do we give Taysom Hill another chance? Why are we still talking about this stuff? They decide to bring back James Winston on a two year, $28 million contract. That deal includes 20 million, 21 million guaranteed. Greg Winston's coming off an ACL tear. I know there are certain numbers that back up that he played well uh, before the injury on Halloween. I wasn't as impressed, Um, but again, these teams, and that's why I think part of the reason why would Indianapolis managed to pull off, I think is notable. If you don't grab Ryan or, and and if you don't buy Baker as a guy, that's a nice bounce back uh, target. You're you're going back to the well with guys like James Winston.
5: Yeah, I think they, see Jameis Winston as a better player and certainly has the experience in that system is, and they know him and, and they know he fits. This is not a rebuilding team though. They're, they're caught in this spot, uh, which is different than Atlanta. Atlanta's blowing it up. The Saints. The Saints have, you know, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Cameron Jordan and Davenport's on his fifth year option and Lattimore's getting a ton of money and Jenkins. Like this is a veteran team. Like they're they are trying to win now. You're right, Dan. His numbers were great. Like at one point in the season, he was number one in the league in EPA per play. He ended up fifth. I didn't see that either. But I thought he was okay. He was like a mid level quarterback. I don't see a huge difference between him. Uh, and Matt Ryan necessarily and I think they're excited and the the money they gave him showed the Taysom experience is well over and that's been the reporting there. They're not going to consider him at quarterback and they decided to give Jameis more money than I thought he needed. Maybe the Panthers were in on him because he got 21 guaranteed. That was significantly different than all those other one B bridge quarterback. So maybe the Panthers were sniffing around or someone was maybe the Seahawks because to give them that much money was a declaration. You are definitely our starter this year and we'll see about, it. we'll see about the next year, but we'll have to eat some money if if it's not next year.
4: I mean, it will be, it's Jameis Winston in a Saints offense minus Sean Payton. And I don't know if there's any bigger winner this off season than Tom Brady and the Bucks, because you are looking at a Saints team, a Falcons team, both in flux disorganized Carolina totally disorganized with no answer at quarterback right now I mean there's are not the Saints really that
5: different though to be fair other than Sean Payton are they that different is the roster that different it's really, I don't think I don't I, mean, it's I think not. that
4: they're the most competitive team in that division outside of the Bucks. but I think that Sean Payton is one of the two or three coaches that probably especially when you look at what he did with Teddy Bridgewater what he did with Jameis I'm giving them two or three more wins a year with Sean Payton as coach. It's a TBD with who they have now. If
3: if the Saints ended up getting Watson and assuming the suspension that is to come is in a complete season wipeout in 2022, they would have been really scary to pair Mm -hmm. Watson with Michael Thomas. And whoever else, and then that defense, which is still really good. Uh, instead, yeah, I think they're a fringy wild card contender, but you can't say that about the Panthers or Falcons. I think Tampa seems like a team that is going to walk to eleven or twelve wins, but Brady has to stay Brady. You know, at some point,
5: hashtag. They have to default. be a dominant defense. I mean, they did shut out Tom Brady. <laughs> they they kept Dennis Allen because of the defense, and so that's it's hard to count on being like a number one defense, but that's. That's what they're counting on. And they're counting on Dennis Allen learning from his time with the Raiders. I have this conversation with James Jones in my head um, who works with us at NFL Network where like those players hated Dennis Allen, basically. I mean, he was a bad. They did not like that experience. People change, Greg. I th- I'm, sure, I'm sure they did, but he wasn't, he wasn't ready for that experience the first time around. The players, I think, all but like revolted on Dennis Allen. But they seem to like him in New Orleans, so it's a little different.
3: <laughs> all right, let's uh, take a break, and we'll continue to comb through the news.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
2: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
2: Wait!
0: I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because not I need it? Ain't
6: it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app,
0: DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill, so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, you know what
2: this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A redwood forest would be cool.
1: Ski slopes!
2: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, we're back. We're just talking some of the big quarterback moves Um, before we dive back in and get into the nitty-gritty on uh, some more QB action. So Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield, Panthers, Seahawks, Like, is there any scenario? I know there is a scenario, but in terms of like, those guys feel like guys that should be starting somewhere and now those seem like the only two, unless those teams, you know, go with a rookie through the draft. Like, is that where those two guys are going to end up, one or the other?
5: Or is there a curveball in here somewhere? (laughs) Probably. I think Seattle's the team that makes sense for Baker to me. I, I think John Lynch got caught uh, bluffing or just no one was that interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not buying these reports from pro football talk that he was telling people he had two seconds in hand for Jimmy G and he was waiting for a better draft pick. I, I just, I don't believe he ever had those two seconds. And if that was true, what's going on here? Cause there, you know, I don't know if anyone's taken Jimmy G period. He's like, he played poorly and he's coming off a bum shoulder. So Baker to Seattle or Carolina, for that matter, makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G. I don't know necessarily that he ends up starting anywhere.
4: I mean, if you're the Browns, you're not going to get much for Baker Mayfield at all at this point because it is just clear that, you know, that I, I, I thought more teams would be interested, but we're at a sort of a saturation point where, to Dan's point, there's not a lot of landing spots. I don't imagine Jimmy G being traded to the Seattle Seahawks inside the same division uh, I think Baker's the more logical candidate there. It kind of just seems like more of a fit for Seattle, but Seattle's not running to chase after him either. I think the, p- the problem with Baker Mayfield is that whoever takes him on, you got him for one year, that's fine, but then
5: you're stuck with the same decision that Cleveland didn't want to deal with, which is what do you do with him next? Also, what's the rush right now? Wait till, like, if Seattle only wants to give up, let's say, a fourth for him, it's just wait till wait till the draft, like wait until the second day of the draft and send your offer. And you don't really, they apparently don't really care if they are just going in with this Drew Locke Gino possible poopoo platter, which seems crazy, but they don't seem too worried about it.
3: Yeah. I don't think you inherit what the Browns did because it was a little more thorny with Baker. Cause you had him as the number one overall pick and he had success and all that with, With Seattle and really anywhere he goes, he has no personal leverage at this point. So it's just like he has to play out this rookie deal. And then if he's good enough, they'll do business with him. If he's not, they're going to move on. I mean, he's kind of in a he's no longer the golden child because he's not going to be connected to the organization that saw him as the future, you know?
4: Well, there's a chance he's a backup too. I mean, which is kind of a stunning departure from where we were a year and a couple months ago when I thought he played as well as almost he was a top five quarterback down the stretch. Their playoff year. What did I you know that
3: Baker over Carson
4: Wentz
5: in Washington. Well, yeah. That's, well, why? That's... Why, <laughs> that, why did Washington <laughs> they made a huge mistake for that
4: yeah. Carson Wentz move?
5: That was that was a timing. Washington fans right. are are in their feelings right now. I like follow their SB Nation site, which they do a great job, and it's all been like trying to like explain away, like, well, you know, at the time it made sense, and we didn't know these guys would be available. That's fine. Uh, you, they blew it. I got a wild I would, card. I would much rather have Baker Mayfield at the exact same price, much you less at a cheaper it. price. Like at a, they, <laughs> I, I think Baker's contract is an asset. I think the fact you're only going to have to give up a fourth-round pick for him is great. Like he's, I would much rather have him than Carson Wentz and, and Mariota, for that matter. We just, think, that,
4: was, that was like when we were doing Flashpoint on Baker, though. People didn't know what was going to unfold. They right, didn't know it exactly. was available. The
5: timing, timing banged them a little.
4: I have a... I have a Sessler on this one.
3: I know where Baker's going. Ooh, It's a team that he would fit in so well with that city and the perpetual chip on its shoulder, and they're all scamps over there. We know some of them. They secretly don't love their quarterback, but they don't love the draft, and they didn't want to get involved with Deshaun Watson. The Eagles. They trade for Baker and then stick him in the picture, and then when Jalen disappoints them, Baker rises up and becomes a folk hero over there. Is that crazy?
0: It's
3: well, not
5: I mean crazy, they, but they have kind of the rich man. They've got like the slightly poorer man's version of Baker already in Gardner Minshew. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't and know and it's, not, it's not crazy, though, because they
4: went and got Gardner Minshew a year ago in the same situation. So uh, if they wanted to upgrade, I, I kind of think that there's this one other potential landing spot that would be very um, juicy, which would be Pittsburgh. I just, I don't see it. I'm just saying, like, why not? Like, you want to talk about chip on the shoulder. And would it work out for the Steelers? It probably would work out quite well. And uh, that would blow that division up.
3: You know, if you were a Browns fan, Mark, which you're not anymore, but if you were a Browns fan, that would be quite spicy as well.
4: I I know, maybe. What if I I became a
5: Steelers fan? How about that? I've heard this theory and just hearing Mike Tomlin over the years and knowing that Mike Tomlin prepared defensive plans to stop Baker for the last four years. I just don't think they'd be interested. I just don't think they could put him him on stilts. Right. I just don't think that they would think he's that dude. I think Carolina is the, is the other spot other than Seattle. That makes sense to me. They're just spinning their wheels. They're just trying things. They don't have anything. They seem, they seem like the Baker spot where they'd actually give up a pick, not wait around to the draft, beat Seattle to the punch. And I think that would make sense for them. I mean, compared to what they have now, what, what else are you doing? And you All have right. that absurd photo out there of Dan and I um,
4: the evening following the first round of the 2018 draft where we're at the Cozy doing shots together, slapping each other on the back because we both had, in Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, the saviors, and they'd actually been competing for a job where neither one of them are, are possibly even starting material at this point.
3: Bert Disastrous. Breer of uh, SI uh, included that tweet in uh, his column this week. <laughs> I, I I regret nothing, Mark. Um, optimism always lives within me, hoping that that guy will be the guy, and now there's someone else. My son was running around the playground uh, yesterday in his uh, Zach Wilson shirt. My other son running around in a Justin Herbert shirt. So there's a lot of, a lot of heat in the house in the AFC. Um, but anyway, let's, uh, hope is a good thing, Mark. Hope will take you home. Time for news and notes presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. Let's finish out the quarterback talk here. All right. So the Browns, you know, we're killing the Browns deservedly on Friday, um, for their, Yes, shameless pursuit and successful pursuit, ultimately, of Deshaun Watson. And we were checking their Twitter feed and no announcement, no announcement, no announcement. Finally, the team announces the deal on Sunday that they have traded for Deshaun Watson, uh, D and Jimmy Haslam, the the, uh, co-owners, husband and wife. Uh, they all release statements. I think Kevin Stefanski released a statement. I'm not even going to bother reading them because you know what it's all about. It's all about the Browns trying to win with a franchise quarterback and not any due diligence and any of that BS. So I will spare you any of that. Um, and they also make a move. They move on from Case Keenum as the backup quarterback. They bring in Jake Brisket. Wow. Jacoby Brissett is.
1: Ooh, slice me off a piece of that Jake
6: Brisky.
3: Man, he really moves. He really moves around the dial of the NFL. They also trade Case Keenum to the Bills, so he replaces Mitch Trubisky. It's all a big game of musical chairs uh, as the backup to Josh Allen in Buffalo. And finally, Greg Matthew Stafford gets a big fat extension. That's what happens when you win a Super Bowl.
5: Yeah, I, I love that for the Rams that just happened so quietly. He sort of fits in the middle tier now. It's like people are trying a little too hard to give him credit. It's like, well, he could have made more than that $43 million. It's like, okay, he's he's doing fine. He also got like a you know huge raise off that, that last deal. Jake Brisket's going to play games. Like Jake Brisket's going to be a big factor, I believe, whether the Browns make the playoffs or not because I do expect the Deshaun Watson suspension to happen. We'll we'll see what it is. Whether it's four, six, eight, two. Who we have no idea. We don't even know for sure if it's there. But the way they structured the contract indicated that they thought it was coming. They did it in a way that he wouldn't lose any money uh, during cool. the suspension. Um, he it was amazing the amount of leverage that he you know extracted out of out of this Browns. Front office, uh, and I think Jake Brisket is kind of showing you that, like, hey, we we're gonna have to play some games with Jake Brisket. I don't know how he's a fit in Kevin Stefanski's offense. Like, he's the opposite of a quick trigger guy. He just <laughs> he holds on to the ball forever, uh, and that is not what Stefanski liked about Baker Mayfield.
4: They are being linked to Will Fuller. Uh, there is talk that they could potentially look to bring Jarvis Landry back. Like, I do think that. Uh, we're being told that players felt a certain way about Baker Mayfield and they're going to feel different about playing with a true franchise quarterback, whether we like the situation or not. Um, you could see Brissette playing up to 10 games. So it's a, it, that was a key signing. And uh, I guess, you know, Case him out the door. And something
3: isn't right in the stew when Watson was able to sit out or was forced to sit out an entire season with the Texans and got paid for it, whatever it was, was it something like $25 million or some huge number, to not play and just work out at the facility. And then the Browns, who get a lot of credit for being smart in their front office with Andrew Berry and friends, it was smart, and it was part of uh, the negotiation, which is, yeah, we'll pay you $1 million in base salary in the first year of your deal to protect you from being financially penalized for what you allegedly did to all these women. And it's like, at the end of the day, when the dust uh, clears and he's playing again, he'll be essentially – not penalized at all for um, what happened, at least on the financial side of things, which also doesn't feel right and maybe something that the NFL uh, will look to address because that was quite a uh, circumventing of the good faith of what a contract is supposed to represent. Anyway.
4: Well, and right. Like, cause you know, yes, it's fair to look at the Browns and critique them entirely for what happened. But what about the NFL in general, the way that this whole thing has gone down is a bad look for the league
5: It's a terrible look for the NFL. Um, Just came down to money, too, despite all those pitches. It's like most of these... Contracts. It's just like people are like, oh, well, can we have an organization where, pe- where free agents want to play? It's just like, just pay him. Whoever pays the most, like basically gets him. And that's exactly what happened.
3: Right. right. Von Miller it's went like- from <laughs> the beautiful climate of Southern California and just all everything him. that comes with L.A. as somebody who not, presents himself as both a pro athlete with, with the guy that has his eyes on entertainment and being in front of a camera. He went up to Buffalo. You know why? Because right. they paid him a sh- ton of money and he only lives there part-time during the season and then he can do whatever he wants yeah, things are different now you don't you don't pack up the you know an, an old truck and and drive to wherever you play and then you live there for seven <laughs> years or until your knee gets blown out and then go work at a factory it's a little different now uh, that was news and notes presented by upwork the world's work marketplace learn more at upwork.com all
0: right all right let's stop here for a break we'll be right back Hey, guys, you
2: know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A Redwood Forest would be cool.
1: Ski slopes!
2: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
2: What's up? I'm John
6: Wall. And I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year... Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
2: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
2: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at
6: visitcalifornia.com.
2: What's up? I'm John Wall.
6: And I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Games.
3: Oh, Grave Digger, who did a great job last week filling in for Ricky. Where is Ricky? Ricky, can you jump in? Hey, hey. How are you? Are, are you engaged? Let's start there. I am not. Oh.
1: Nope. Yeah. Awkward. Mm. Sorry to disappoint. Yeah.
4: We are. I know, but Ricky, I thought that you had the, uh, like, you were describing the way that um, it operates for the two of you, that you could have extended the the invitation to get married and so you also chose not to do that from your end from your end is that oh correct? yeah
1: no it's definitely probably gonna be me and and there are there have been purchases but she was even expecting it it was too obvious everyone's commenting tweeting no. commenting on instagram you know we so had what does she of...
5: need to do to to prove herself
1: she's oh she's proven it like i said there have been purchases made
5: <laughs> you just but, wait too long that,
4: you
1: need
5: to that window
1: right, closes it, no, there's no, the window's not closed. It's a dollhouse
3: window, potentially, No. Yeah,
1: Yeah. no, it's good. I just got to keep her on her toes, you know? It was too, like, you know, easy to expect that.
3: And you said you listened back to the shows last week, and you, you saw that you caught some sniper fire, perhaps mostly from me.
1: But at mm. any
3: point when you were on the beach celebrating, did it occur to you that you were... Missing, perhaps, the busiest week in the history of the Around the NFL podcast?
1: I mean, listening back to you guys, like, you clearly needed material to keep coming back to the ocean bit, so it didn't seem that busy to me.
3: She's upset. Listen, Ricky, it's good to have you back. Don't leave yeah. during free agency week again, please. We need yeah, no, you.
1: no, I mean, hey, Justin did, did a great job.
3: He did. The gravedigger. Also, speaking of great job, the Titans, great job by the Titans. They pull the trigger on a trade for Robert Woods, uh, who became expendable in Los Angeles after the trade uh, after the signing of Alan Robinson. So Tennessee uh, acquires Robert Woods, and you're seeing this a lot. and again, it's why the commanders. And everyone that roots for that organization is annoyed because it's like, wait, I don't have to give up multiple mid-round picks if I'm taking on a lot of salary? The Titans acquire Robert Woods from the Rams (laughs) in exchange for a 2023 six-round pick because you're also taking on his contract. And he's a really good fit, Greggy, for what the Titans are about. They're a hard-nosed team. They run the football. Everyone knows if you follow uh, Robert Woods and the Rams—that he's known as this great team player and a great blocker and a great receiver, just a good all-around player. This he, he's got Titans written all over him.
5: Yeah, great blocking, receiver, a possession guy to pair with with AJ Brown. It's a nice compliment. He's guaranteed ten million dollars this year, which is not much for a wide receiver these days. It's you know it's almost half what Christian Kirk makes, and then he's not really do that much money in in future years. I this was a reminder of how cold the NFL business can be though like the the Watson news is one thing in terms of like you can look at things in, in a cynical way if you wanted that all that matter all teams care about is money and winning like this Robert Woods move was the one that struck me about that too because all they've talked about is he's the captain maybe the leader of this team and they just had an opportunity to upgrade at, with Alan Robinson, but it's not like Allen Robinson's way younger. He's like a year younger. He's not coming off an injury. He's a different skill set. They had an opportunity to upgrade. And so they did it and they were ready to cut Robert Woods. They like Robert Woods was not going to be on this team anymore. The fact that they gave him up for a sixth round pick indicates they would have just cut him if no one was offering a sixth round pick. And that, that's cold business, but that's, that's the yeah. NFL.
4: I'm with you. I mean, I, I am trying to think of another wideout that when he was lost to injury was more widely praised um, as a locker room guy and as a blocker. I mean, how often do you even hear that kind of stuff? It's like he was so central to their attack and what they do. He's now been replaced. I love the move for the Titans. It fills a huge need. They didn't have a ton of money to go out and get a lot of players this offseason, but this
5: was a savvy uh, lever pull for Tennessee. I also took a picture with my son Walker, it was very nice to him when, when Walker said that was his favorite gram. That yeah, it's nice nice class. He's guy. a nice man. A Check nice man. it out. Instagram. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the Titans also acquire uh, Austin Hooper, they signed him to a one-year, $6 million contract, formerly of the Browns, a free agent pickup a couple of years ago that didn't really pop for Cleveland, so Titans hope to get him in a bounce-back year. Big Bone Randy, uh Randy Bullock also comes back, the kicker who replaced Sam Feichen, uh in Week 2 and had a pretty good year, so they say, eh. We'll bring him back. Hopefully he doesn't screw us. In other wide receiver news, the Chiefs signed Juju Smith-Schuster, formerly of the Steelers, one year, 10.75 million contract. Greggy, another contract I like here. Look, smart teams make smart moves. That's cool. Because Juju has never come close to replicating the success of his first two years in the league. And yet... How much do you connect his fall off statistically the last couple of years to a couple of injuries and also Big Ben becoming a statue who couldn't really play anymore? Now you pair him with Patrick Mahomes. When everyone's concentrating on those studs on that offense, Juju going to eat.
5: Yeah, you re- you rarely get a second chance in life. And I think Juju made a mistake re-signing with the Steelers last year when the Chiefs offered him the same or more money. And so he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I'm out. And I, I think he's kind of misunderstood as a player, a very hard-nosed player. As long as he stays healthy, he's exactly what they need. I'm sick of waiting for, like, DeMarcus Robinson or Miko Hardman to turn into something that they're not. They're useful players, but they, they needed another reliable wideout, and they got one. Yeah, they don't really have time for prospects to
4: slowly grow into what uh, they would hope. I mean, they are sitting right in their Super Bowl window, and I think Juju's a big bounce-back candidate there.
3: Uh-oh, looks like we have boys some developing news Zadarius Smith agreed to terms with the Vikings according to Ian Rappaport a source tells Ian three-year deal base value of 42 million worth up to 47 million with incentives 14 million APY average per year is that more than the Ravens were going to pay him or about the same
5: it it could be it is more on paper but there could be some funny money because if ever there was an agent and a player that's gonna tack on some fake years to make it look like they got more, this would be the time. So you got to kind of see the terms. What's the ge- what's the first two years? It's probably in the same ballpark, though. I mean, they also
4: Daniel Hunter's roster bonus, which was a robust eighteen million, um,
5: triggered on Sunday. So
4: they've nice, got both dude. of them. Nice. To Vikings fans are excited
5: about this. Yes. They've been waiting for something to happen. It's been quiet up there in Minnesota. Like they were mock, they were making fun of almost like they they sent out a tweet free agent visit. It was like the first one of those for Zadarius. So you're on the board here, in Minnesota. You're doing things.
3: Uh, the Bengals, they keep doing the thing. I did Duke Tobin lie to us? I feel like we we point blank asked Duke Tobin at the combine. It's OK, by the way, if he lied, because they don't say anything. They're not supposed to. We said, Duke, everybody knows you're going to fix your offensive line. That's what's going to happen in free agency. He's like, oh, no, we like the guys we have. I don't know. And then they <laughs> they signed Alex Kappa. Uh, they uh get Ted uh Karras 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 Karras. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Ted Karras. And now Lyle Collins, formerly the Cowboys, three year, 30 million dollar contract. Uh Good job by Cincinnati. The first visit for Collins was to Cincinnati. He doesn't get out of the building without signing a deal. So they have now rebuilt 60% of that line. Three out of five nailed it. Um, And uh, Mark, they've done their job. Now, sometimes us uh, football uh, people think we, we get the game. We're now going to go through the entire summer and season and be like, oh, Cincinnati's fixed their offensive line. Everything's going to be awesome now. And then it doesn't turn out that way. But that's where I stand right now. Cincinnati's fixed their offensive line, and it's not going to be a problem anymore.
4: Well, the one thing that they were not good at doing was drafting linemen and developing them. So <clears throat> you've got known quantities, at least. And I'm not saying these are perfect additions, but like Kappa did not give up a sack last year um <clears throat> regarded as a super tough player so i in general you're you're essentially what the chiefs were a year ago you were throwing bodies at a massive like position of need it's all about your quarterback like i have no problem with what they've done I, I i think that this is the way to do it and i don't know if general managers typically come on our show to break news i think they like to chop it up a little bit but we seem to not maybe always draw um the most richest headline-breaking uh, concepts I, from them. I just,
3: I'm just i just saying, I, Duke I looked, was good. Was I looked good. eye to eye to Duke, and I asked him that question. I think I did. Maybe I didn't. I he think.
5: lied to you. No, you did. He had a bunch of stats about what their offensive line did, and then he used those same stats on the podium a little later. So oh, you know what he did? He was out.
3: like, well, you try to block uh, Aaron Donald and who are all the other guys that they faced during the playoff run. Uh, and he just ticked
5: Tight, off all these... The Titans, yeah, Max Crosby. Yeah, all pros. It was like, yeah. we're actually you, not that bad on the like line. like us, I don't think that would we'd be the targets to help. Yeah, they got to figure out how to coach the position, but Lyle Collins seems like a great pickup. Nice move. He only got $20 million guaranteed. He was three for 30. His market was a little depressed because the Cowboys did him somewhat dirty, uh, cutting him a little late in the process. Patriots try to get him in the building. They end up keeping Trent Brown instead, but I think they would have liked lyle collins like that was the exact same contract that the steelers re-signed their right tackle uh chuka akora for and it's like those are not equal players collins is you know any team would much 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 rather have him Uh, so the, the the value of it also worked out they've done a nice job
3: all right let's hit on some more moves here running back return lombardi lenny returns to the bucks the brady effect he, I think he had a goodbye Instagram post to the people of Tampa. He
4: did, and now- then he
5: erased it. You know, seconds after Tom Brady, right. he did when like no one really wanted to give Leonard Fournette <laughs> that big money. It supposedly he was asking for eleven or twelve million. It was like that wasn't happening for. But him. he's he a proven perfect
3: fit on that team and has been good for them it's for great. a couple of years. So, uh Cordell Patterson. This one, I don't know why CPat was so like like pumped up about going back to the Falcons the whole time. Did he not have a market after what he did last year? Why, why is he, maybe he just likes it in Atlanta. Maybe I shouldn't overthink it.
5: I think he went to the, the team that offered him the most money, most most likely. I think everyone kind of looked at his first eight years and was like, well, Arthur Smith did this magical thing with him, but I don't know if we have that same um, idea of how to make him special. Let's just let Arthur Smith. Just use the, the plays him.
3: that Arthur Smith used in the playbook. I don't know. Is it that? Well, I, mean, I don't know.
5: I, guess I, I think he also thrived
4: kind of in a scenario where there were no <laughs> weapons. So it's like he's not right. going to be
5: the same guy. It was it him and team. Russell Gage, and now it's just him. And Rashad Penny also returns
3: to the Seahawks, the former first-round pick who was just like a total bust. The first-round pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Total bust, and then he got healthy finally and, and balled out at the end of last season. And that was enough to get him a second contract with Seattle and one more player uh, returning uh well, not directly, but now he's back. The the Patriots make a move and sign uh offensive lineman Trent Brown, uh Rasul Douglas and Tanya, Robert Tanyan also back with their teams with the Packers. Your thoughts on those moves, fellas. Also Fletcher pa- Fletcher Cox and Zach Pascal uh
5: to the Eagles. I I um think it they are reminders and as Patriots fans get more frustrated um by the day of just like the lack of new blood being added to this team it it is a reminder half of my top 101 for instance is still available and there's plenty of good players not in that top 101 this free agency market has moved slower than others so like free agency's not over by by any means and there's a, there's a lot of players still out there that are going to make very meaningful contributions who just didn't have the market that they thought they were going to have, but some, you know, really good players, Dwayne Brown, Jadevian Clowney, Tyron Matthew, like they're, they're a player, Stefan Gilmore. there's, There's fairly big name players still available and there's good players almost at every position available. So it's like, all right, we'll come down. We'll see what it looks like in three weeks. I think one of the bigger question marks
4: going into the next season is if what we saw from Penny is who he is or who he was, uh, down the stretch in a in a flash of the pan type scenario because they have chris carson as well and potentially no good quarterback so they're going to need both those guys but i mean the way penny penny looked like a version of barry sanders down the stretch if, the, if that's who he is
5: uh, <laughs> i would be concerned for the rest of the of the division we were there for a big rashad penny game on the tuesday afternoon football seahawks Rams. Oh, that was big weird. run there by Penny in that in that game. I I, I don't know. Barry Sanders. Wow, that's a big one. Well, I'm just the saying he, he
4: he looked like a, a ten times better version I, of himself. I would maybe th- I, like I also a, think of a Derek Detroit Henry, legend, but
5: smaller.
3: Yeah, uh, but I was going with Zach Zenner, more like a <laughs> Zach Zenner and August type
4: dominance. Well that is a that is that's fair. I mean that's I don't lofty. know if Zack
5: Zetter ever put up whatever seven hundred yards in five games or whatever Penny went Check wild. out that
3: preseason tape, Greg. There's a reason why Mark was over the moon.
5: <laughs> well, that's not the reason though. It's just you know, the other the same reason he liked Toby Gerhart. You know? Why is that? So that is a, that mm. is
4: slanderous and Peyton Hillis. Mm. I appreciated his <laughs> playing ability. <laughs> mm. Mark
3: stuffed the ballot box to get Peyton Hillis on the cover of Madden. Mm. It's like <laughs> no, you I need didn't. this.
5: Mm. wait what my sound my sound is now a sound drop i just want to clarify to listeners that's not that's Mm. not me live i don't think they can tell the difference
3: what let's hear it whatever Mm. this is
5: is that even me i don't even know Mm. oh
3: that's you that's you that's uh the i agree with your point mm, and it's also your mm, watch out daddy's about to come down the runway and start talking
4: Mm. <laughs> right. Welcome to my world, Greg. Like, no one knows what I'm talking about on this show because 80% of my, what I say is a sound drop from four months ago. Oh, yeah. You
3: yeah. know, we're working it's- on AI technology for you, Mark. And actually, if you think about it, think about this, Mark. I didn't, this isn't how I looked at it originally, but maybe ultimately this is the way to look at it. You are an emotional man. Some of these things that happen in the NFL are traumatizing to you. Sometimes you just need a break. How about. In the future, when the Browns do something hideous, Mark, real Mark, sets it out. And we Let's have AI this. Mark. Yeah. What was that? Let's do this. So, and we're ready to
4: roll. I, I would say, as an experiment, like I literally um, vanish from the show for like three weeks in June and see if anyone even notices.
3: Can you just get, I just need a few more. Why don't we start just uh, banking these? Can you just say, this is a huge story?
4: Yeah, I'll do that right now. This is a huge story.
3: What else do we need, Greg? Let's get it to you.
4: I think I'll just say this. Okay, here we go. I'll just say this.
3: Uh, Can you say, you nailed it, Dan. We're just going to stand on that point.
4: (laughs) Here we go. All right, you nailed it, Dan. I think we I I don't like that take. Let's try it again. Um, Well, you nailed it, Dan. I think we just, we stay right there with that. Wow, Greg. What a great point. (laughs) Greg, an excellent point by you and a great article on the site. (laughs)
3: all right uh let's let's finish the news that was fun Uh, jameson crowder duke johnson to the bills jameson crowder is a good receiver if he could stay healthy and now he gets to play with josh allen so it's another one of those hmm when crowder's making big plays in january next year oh it's good to have people that are smart making wise decisions gerald everett to the chargers do you
5: like that you guys like that you like that he's like the new jared cook replacing uh the old Jared Cook. I, I love the Bills offseason in general. I feel like they are my Super Bowl favorites. They are probably going to be the Super Bowl favorites along with the Chiefs, I would imagine. The, the only problem I guess they both have is they're both in the a, a, NF, AFC. So you could make the argument that the Rams have a better path than, than either of those teams. You know, I'm about
3: to begin, or I have already started, just went up on NFL.com, the post first wave of free agency power rankings. And I did something uh, now that's my third year doing it that I've never done before. I always had this hard and fast rule that whoever wins the Super Bowl, I keep them at number one through the off season. Barring something insane happening with the roster. And it hasn't happened in the past two years with the champions. And then I keep them at number one until they lose. It's like, I just leave them there and they're, they're fine. And then once they lose, I could recalibrate it. And then I realized that was a little too rigid. So I dropped a bombshell on the old dot com and I haven't even checked my mentions. I can't even imagine what people are saying. I did put the bills at number one in the power rankings. I have the Rams at two. And I, I saw I saw the Von Miller changing of addresses just enough. To flip them, what do you think? Bold move, stupid move? You okay with saying the Bills are the best team in the league right now?
4: I like the concept of shaking it up, um, just to break from uh, your old patterns. I the AFC is so rugged that I'm I just not sure that, like, I, I I struggle to put the Bills at number one. I don't know if the Bills psychologically could handle being number
5: one, hmm. but strong hmm. argument for it. Strong argument. Well, this is it's starting to turn into your Tom Brady gradual decline take, though. Um, you know, as a as a high placed Rams, you know, source pointed out in Indianapolis to you, Dan, you ranked them dead last when there was eight teams left in the playoffs, <laughs> <laughs> dead last. <laughs> and when there was four teams left in the playoffs, you ranked them dead last. And then in the Super Bowl, you even ranked them behind the Cincinnati Bengals, who had a pretty well, can we can weak, we using season. the word dead last
3: is kind of misleading. Yes, well, I had of, them eighth in the I divisional mean, playoffs.
5: I mean, uh, to be fair, that wasn't you know. I there there were some teams there. You could certainly argue um, that they would have been that they had, had more talent and a better resume at that moment. The you know the Titans, The only the, the only one I
3: I regret was the divisional round placement uh, at eight. Uh, but you know what? Those playoffs were crazy. Those
5: are weird. It almost
3: this trophy right here. I almost you should lost regret. This trophy. You
5: should regret the last one too because you know, why?
3: Just... Why should I regret it?
5: Because you, f- first of all, eventually you pick the Rams to win the game. So it's just like be consistent because you want to get right. it right. Ultimately, if you have the choice, don't you want to have the team that wins be number one?
3: Well, when I wrote the Power Rangers, it was almost two weeks before the game. And don't I have the option of changing my mind?
5: You do. I'm just saying, you're saying I. it's like, oh, no regrets. I got. I made the wrong <laughs> decision. Why not regret it? Why not just um uh, Because it, it doesn't matter. That's it's in the end, it's largely meaningless.
4: But like, where do you have the Bengals? By the way, in your rankings. Um. Thank you
3: for
0: the follow-up well, that's question. That's a great point, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> Did you make a more point of,
4: there? More of a question than a point, but I'll take it.
3: The Bengals, I have at a very respectable number four. So that's where we're at. All right. Here we go. And I kept the Brownies at 14. I don't know. Well, let's see this quarterback. Like, when's he going to play? I don't know.
5: You know move the, oh, the Browns. You know, the Browns are the real deal now. Shut up. I don't know if the Bengals would make my top seven or eight. Sorry, wrestling bros. Even after these reinforcements on the line? I just You just look at the other teams that you could put there. The Chiefs, certainly. The Packers. Um you're right. right after that it gets it gets um, it gets kind of well they're the not a classic
4: super bowl team where you just lock, you lock them in at number
5: 2 I, they're not they're not that Show Here's me that you 10. can coach the offensive line. Um but you're right, maybe there's not any like locks ahead of him now that I really think about it. I put the Bucks ahead of him too. So I think I'd probably have him five or and six And that high ranking Rams source them.
3: is not going to be happy when he sees this either, but he is a very nice man and, and I mean, he's he probably flipping out
5: right ranking. now in his
4: office. I have it top <laughs> ten
3: Bills, Rams, Chiefs, Bengals, Bucks, Niners, Packers, Chargers, Broncos, Titans, ten. That's the top ten for me. Check it out, NFL.com slash Hanses.
6: That's a Dan Hanses shout-out.
3: Finally, in the news, uh, Mark, a little thought exercise. I had been, My parents got into town yesterday. I've been really busy, um, and I did not get a chance. I set this aside. I have it on a tab, open tab, this athletic report on the dysfunction around Urban Meyer, and I haven't had a chance to read it. I'm looking forward to it. But I was hoping if I could test you in real time as a man who's written – literally hundreds upon hundreds of uh, news articles for the old Around the NFL blog on NFL.com. If you can give me a nice lead uh, in real time on the athletic story that you would put up uh, on .com.
4: Let's do this. You're asking me to verbalize, like, the sentence I would actually use to open the Yeah, up give me the, the sentence
3: article? or the opening graph, yeah.
4: I would say... Uh, I don't have any idea, to be honest. Like the article I perused <laughs> that and was hard, Like know. found it, I mean, that was a tough one because right, I don't think I that try? way. All right, That's Greg going to try.
3: try. He's written maybe thousands going back Greg to the years editor, of Greg so was the editor,
5: he should lead this yeah. off. From the outside, the Urban Meyer experience in Jacksonville looked like a mess, period. It might have been even worse than we imagined. I like that. And, then, and then, then get into the details. We
3: might need like a Jason Zumwalt uh, narration of that one. That, that's a lead, baby. The,
5: my, my favorite p- part about this article is that DJ Chark is like the only guy on the record just slamming Urban Meyer the whole time. You know, just like this guy. Windmill was dunks, he, 360s. He wasn't prepared. It was toxic. The coach, it would seem like a terrible job for the uh, a spot to be for the coaches. He made some racist comments to John Brown, like, saying that he was slow to pick up things because he's from the South. Like everything about it just makes this guy seem like the biggest fraud that's ever been, uh, an NFL head coach. And my big, t- my biggest takeaway is kind of like, sweet. Just like forget whatever happened with Trevor Lawrence now I'm ready to just ignore all of that and be excited about Trevor Lawrence moving forward because this situation was that miserable. I mean was the, it article,
4: a- the article had so many um, like overt things like you just mentioned that showed what kind of um, leader he was or lack of a leader, but there were some bizarre little peculiarities too where at one point um, he was telling offensive players that he wanted them to dunk the ball over the goalpost whenever they scored, even though they would be openly fine by the league to do it like
5: that That he was what what is this guy just sounded about as bizarre and detached as possible right and he would like deny that he took players out of the games to his coaches he's like why why are you saying i you know i didn't do that and it's just like what you told us to take about like just what a what a clown show
3: well here's the one that stood out to me and i couldn't i can't even tell you because again i have to read it but is it true that in the article it's revealed that urban meyer didn't know who aaron donald was yes like who is this 99 guy
4: yes <laughs> i mean according to a staffer that was like inside the building they were about to play the rams and he's like this guy sounds like he could be a problem for us
3: who what is going on with the cons
4: how did not how were there not how
3: was there not a single laraville magnifico,
2: La
4: magnifico
3: during your vetting process and interview process to realize that the guy didn't know the league. I mean, I and that makes saying, me like, worried.
5: Cons, like, he's a con man, because he, he, well he, he was a con man. Was, he was like a Ponzi scheme as a coach.
3: <laughs> How about this? How about this for a lead? Ready? The con men hired a con man, period. I like that. that we in that's, the story.
5: That is really good.
3: <laughs> Dang. That. I liked yours better. Yours is a little more professional, like Mike Florio approved. That no, one's a little more ATN. There's a little,
5: no, little kiss I like off yours. the glass. I like yours better. You got to know as an editor when you can, when you can juice it up. This, this guy was literally on Fox talking about leadership. Like, he was getting passed around. A lot of, of the best people in our industry being like, listen to Urban Meyer's rant about leadership when he was like on that Fox College football set. What a, f- what a shame. What's going on in the NFL? What is up with you, NFL?
3: <laughs> and finally, Al Michaels, thank Christ, has moved off the one-yard line. He got his deal with Amazon. Uh, it is a deal that reportedly gets him, quote, Joe Buck money after Buck and Aikman went together over to Monday Night Football. And... um you know, this from of course there's only one source, Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. Um he will become the new voice of Thursday night football. And guess what? Who will be his partner? Well, guess. Well, guess who it is? I don't know. Do you guys know? I do know. It's Kirk Kerb Street. Good. That's a good partner. They did a nice job. We are set up really well now with these after years of us all complaining, we have Monday night football. Well, we have Sunday Night Football, our guy, Tariko, and Collinsworth. Monday Night Football. Now we have Buck and Aikman, and if you so desire, the Manning cast with Peyton and Eli. And then you go to Thursday, and you have Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, who is an awesome college guy, so he knows all the guys coming to the league, and he's just a really talented, polished broadcaster. We have finally figured it out. Now, if we could just keep these guys – I mean, Al is almost 80 – uh, you know, but if we keep this for a few years, we're cooking with gas slash grease. Mark,
4: there have been weak spots in these <laughs> primetime lineups for ages. We've we have complained, and I think we've rightfully complained, especially with Monday Night Football. But you even dip into the new talent on Sunday as well. Beyond Romo, like Greg Olson looks like he's going to be awesome for as long as he wants to do this as well. So you can't, there are, there are less, um, I guess, Trent greens out there, uh, which is a good thing. I'm sure he's a nice man, but like I find his analysis somewhat, um, exceedingly bland and that's not as acceptable as it used to
5: be. Got to wipe the grid of these clowns. Well, we don't know for sure who's going to be number one at Fox. So that is, that'll be interesting to track. seems like Burkhardt and Olson are the logical. And they'll be fine. We don't know. That's great. great. I think they'd be great. But uh, because you need
3: you obviously need a pipeline of younger teams that are going to become the uh, iconic older guys. And I think Olsen has shown and uh, Burkhardt big time. That guy's a rising star. We've had him on the show and we're all good with Tony. Romo. I know people like to get on Tony now and uh, I've done it as well. But Tony Romo is still a great big game announcer. Uh, with Nance. So we, we we did. I think it's it's a miracle, but I think we finally did it. I want Kevin we Harlan it, in yes. there.
5: Some somehow he is doing the radio on the big games. But, you know, we maybe when Al retires, so he will get into one of these big chairs.
6: Right now, Morrow, up to self, five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes!
3: Miracle. I try I had it queued up and then Greg started talking. I said, Miracle. Here comes <laughs> you gotta the me you gotta Al me Michaels know. most famous drop in the history of sports broadcasting. It's not your fault. Just sometimes you hope these things line up, and it didn't. And we're just going to live with it. I mean, we are not iconic broadcasters. That's what's been proven um, repeatedly. I don't. Over yeah, the there was no debate around years.
4: that. That that is that's proven.
3: All right. So there you go. You're caught up on the league of 32. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Well, I won't be back. I'm gonna. You know, a little Zeuser. Daddy Rich is going to be a daddy uh, down there in uh, Anaheim for a few days, going down to Disneyland. I'm going to look for the original Tom Brady with the very average male face, the guy that was on the teacup on the, what was it? The uh, Dumbo ride back sure, in day. Sure, I think that
4: that human uh, being actually does not exist at this point. He was removed but, from society.
3: What if I just see that there's like a statue of Brady on that ride? And, uh, but it's actually, what's that? It's the guy from... um the movie with the space balls and the pew, pew. Wasn't there somebody got put in clay like a what, statue?
4: Are you talking about Han Solo? Right.
3: What if the original space Tom balls? Brady is uh, trapped in the uh, the clay, the, the hardened clay?
4: Carbonite, I believe Carbonite. is what you're referring to. Yeah, that's a possibility. I, was a,
5: I You've convinced me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, so I won't be around for a Thursday show, but you guys are going to hold it down. Who's uh, Who's sitting in the chair?
5: Claybon will be involved. Nice. Professional. I don't know, maybe a fourth, who knows. We'll get crazy.
3: All right, enjoy it, boys. And I'll be back with you uh next week. So, uh enjoy uh enjoy the rest of the week with the, with the boys and Ricky and uh we will be back. And the Friday show is back as well around the NFL broadcast. So uh, set your DVRs or however you ingest media in 2022.
5: I don't know. Connie Fox on that one. Yeah. Oh, nice gang.
3: Nice gang. All right, let's go. Stan Hansen signing off for The Old Boss and Quiet Storm and Ricky Hollywood. Until then, heed the call.
0: Hey, guys,
2: you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A redwood forest would be
1: cool. Ski slopes! Wait!
2: Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more...